We all know how we look forward to our birthday month when we know that we can take that cable way up to Table Mountain at no cost. And everybody talks about it. I don't know how many of us actually do it. But I think that as Cape Tonians, and yes, I'm calling myself a Cape Tonian because after being here since 1999, I think I've earned that right. As Cape Tonians, I remember my first days in Cape Town and I would get so horribly lost. And people would say, just drive towards the mountain. <laughs> and I must tell you that driving towards the mountain, I once ended up in Worcester, but that's a story for another day. I think the thing about Table Mountain is that it's been providing us with this experience of going up the mountain. And I've got old black and white photos of when I was five years old and us going up Table Mountain. And we continue to do that. And it's got so many, I say that Cape Town has so many moods because you can go up there when it's really cold and have a, you know, hot sundowner. Or you can go when it's bright and breezy and then take new people along with you to introduce them to this amazing experience. And it's a must-do when tourists come to Cape Town. So it gives me great pleasure today to be chatting to Colette van Aswierfen. Colette is the Executive Manager for Marketing and Sales at the Table Mountain Cableway. And she has been in the tourism industry without giving away her age for 20 years. And that is a long time. And she's She's bringing this immense collateral and experience in marketing management to the Table Mountain Cableway. And let's hear from Colette. Colette, what a pleasure to be chatting to you today. Hi, Janet, and hello to your listeners. Um, thanks so much for this opportunity to be featured on, on your show. Absolutely, Colette, and great to catch up with you. Um, I think that we would love to hear from you about the history of Table Mountain. I know that you're way too young to remember when it all first began in 1929, but at least you can give us some historical context on what the Table Mountain Aerial Cableway is all about. Yeah, so Table Mountain Cableway opened its doors to to visitors on the 4th of October, 1929. Um, next month, we will be in operation for 94 years. During this 94 that years... That is staggering period, and phenomenal. Absolutely. Um, over these 94 years, um, there had been several upgrades. Um, the first one was in 1958. And then um, we also had an upgrade in 1974. And then the last big upgrade we had was in 1997 when the, when the round trap cable cars were introduced um, where the floor rotates and it provides visitors with a 360-degree panoramic view of Cape Town and its surrounds. So that is some significant maintenance over the years. For us, even though the, ta the Table Mountain Aerial Cableway may have lots of refurbs and facelifts, like a grand dame should, I think the spirit of the mountain remains the same. We get excited when we see it. It's like in psychology, the rooting reflex. When we see it, we're happy and we feel settled. Is this a sentiment that a lot of people share, Colette? Absolutely. Um, 
the mountain or table mountain is part and parcel of what makes us unique as Capetonians. As you've mentioned, when you first arrived here, what people told you was in order to find your way around Cape Town, it's just to, to watch, see where the mountain is and, and then orientate yourself according to the location of the mountain. And, and that is so true from wherever you are in Cape Town. We tend to look towards the mountain and get a sense of where exactly we are. And the same happens also with, you know, the different moods of the mountain. Um, today, it's a bit overcast and rainy and a bit cooler up here. But then we have beautiful days where you can't believe that you are in this, in the most, and I'm going to be biased, the most beautiful city in Cape Town, in South Africa. Cape Town. Then we can be biased together because I agree. <laughs> there isn't any place as beautiful as home. And I'm convinced that the mountain is a lady because she has her moods. She dresses up. She wows up. <laughs> wows us. Sometimes she's all fiery and angry and dark. And other times she's just Fabulous and all dressed up and just strutting her stuff. And we all just feel happy when she's happy. Absolutely. You know, at the moment, we've got beautiful spring flowers blooming here on the mountain. Um, and she is really showing off with this beautiful natural surrounding. I actually haven't been up the mountain when the flowers have been out. We've driven all the way to the West Coast to check out the flowers. And I think it will be interesting to come and see what that's like. But I've been to to high teas on the mountain. I've been to launches there in your boardroom at the entrance to the cableway. And, of course, we've been to the tap bar. What a phenomenal sundowner to have. Yes. Special, yes. special. I can't say that I'm one of those people who hike up Lion's Head, although it's on my bucket list. But um, I think that the mountain has so much to offer so many people. And will you please share with us all of the activities, the happenings? We know that Table Mountain is one of the seven wonders of the world. So please tell us about the, the mountain and all its different service offerings. So, yeah, um, on the mountain itself, um, we have got, um, uh, when you visit, you, you get to experience beautiful views from the top of the mountain. Um, we offer free guided walks between 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. on the hour daily. Um, and then you get to experience um, a guided tour at the top with one of our registered tourist guides. Um, we also have audio tours that you could actually download. Um, the audio tour actually starts at the lower station and um, that kind of directs you and orientates you with where you are on Cape Town and also provides information on Cape Town itself and also on the rich history of the mountain and the cableway. Um, then there are a variety of hiking routes on the mountain, um, the one that we specifically recommend to visitors is the one at Platter Clip Board. Um, it's that one's not too strenuous, um, even though you have to to enjoy hiking to, to still enjoy it. Um, but there are various other hiking routes, but the one that we recommend to visitors um, is the Platter Clip Gorge one. 
And then once you get to the top station, um, we what also they have a call um, effort level low. <laughs> Absolutely. As 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 you've mentioned, you know, I am with you on you know this on my list to do uh, um, that hike up Platteklip Gorge. For now, I'm happy to take the cable car to the top station. Yes. And then at the top station, we've got a variety of food and beverage outlets. Our main restaurant is called 1067 Eatery. And it's really a nod to the, towards the height of the top station, uh, which is 1067 meters above sea level. Um, then we've got on the 12 Apostles Terrace, which is the open area where people naturally congregate once they've done the walk on the mountain. Um, we've got, um, a cocktail bar called Cloud Bar. And inside the top station building, we've got a beautiful wine bar called Views by the Grendel um, Wine. And it's a beautiful wine bar. Um, And then we also have our main shop at the top. It's actually housed in the old tea room um, that opened its doors in 1933. So it's a historical building um, that we have the retail shop. Now I have to ask, Colette, because you've told us so many things about all the different aspects of the mountain. What is your favorite thing arriving at work? What makes you happy when you get there? For me, I arrive at work quite early, just before seven o'clock in the morning. And, um, you know, for me, my favorite thing is to see the mountain and also Cape Town waking up. It is a sight oh, to behold. It's beautiful seeing the sunrise in the morning. And also um, sometimes we go up quite early um, and it's just beautiful sometimes just to have the mountain to yourself. We get to the top and um, it's just us as staff members here. It's beautiful. Absolutely. I'm very spoiled and very privileged. As I've mentioned, I am very privileged to be working in such a beautiful space and to really enjoy Table Mountain. So Colette, I, I love that you get to work and you're able to experience the mountain just on your own as if all of this terrain is, you know, as far as the eye can see, you get to enjoy. And I was saying that we know each other pretty well now. And for a long time, and I'm going to please ask you to invite me to come and see this view with you one morning. And I promise to bring very good coffee. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to do so, Janet. Um, definitely, we would have to set up something special. It is quite a sight to see um, so early morning, seeing Cape Town wake up. Well, that sounds wonderful, Colette. And I think that our followers on social media will appreciate that that special, special view shared with you. And thank you so much for giving us insight into the mountain. Are there any last thoughts you would like to share with us about this phenomenal space called Table Mountain? Um, From my side, it's just if people want more information on the Cable Way, um, they visit tablemountain.net. Fantastic. That's amazing. We will do that and... I think that, uh, you know, we have so many ways in which we can access the mountain via social media, 
by calling in, by booking online, by going and standing in queue for your ticket. And, you know, we also, some of us just go there because it is one of those romantic places that you can take <laughs> an afternoon drive to and just sit and have a little picnic in your car on those rainy days or watch the sunset. And uh, we just drive up there with confidence because we love that space. And thank you. Thank you so much for sharing the magic of the mountain with us, Colette. Thank you so much, Janet. Thank you so much for joining us on Jet Setting with Janet Colette. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you very much. I was very pleased to visit Rickety Bridge Winery a couple of weekends ago and was introduced to Lizzie Hrunewald, who is the Wine Tasting Center Manager and the Wine Club Manager. And I wondered why, you know, I was having a bit of a bumpy ride getting into the estate. And then I realized, okay, here the penny drops, it's Rickety Bridge. But from what I believe, the bridge was much more rickety before. So we're going to hear from Lizzie what makes this rickety bridge. But a little bit about Lizzie before we start. She's always enjoyed working with people. And interestingly enough, spent some time as a beauty therapist before moving into the wine sector. Lizzie, that's quite a paradigm shift because I believe that wine does make people look more beautiful, right? Definitely. Am I right about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, Lizzie, you made a big migration from the beauty sector to the wine sector. And uh, I know that you've gained a lot of experience in wine and hospitality and that you studied through the Wine and Spirits Education Trust. But I'd love to hear from you what prompted you to make this migration and how it's been for you. So I've always loved working with people um, and beauty therapist is one half doing the actual uh, physical job, you know, doing the manicure, pedicure, or the facial. But the other half is actually talking to your to your guest and sometimes being, you know, a little bit of a psychologist, sometimes just making idle chit-chat, sometimes listening to the person's, uh, I've had a great week or I've had not such a great week. Um, so I never wanted to move into an industry where I would be stuck behind a computer um, and not have any human interaction. Um, I really enjoyed wine as a beverage. And I saw an ad that said, love wine, love people, uh, send your CV. And I did. And I started <laughs> off um, doing tele-sales in the wine industry, which was very, very difficult. Um, and at that, that moment, uh, a little penny dropped for me. And I realized that, yes, I wanted to work with wine, but I wanted to work with, with, with the guests. Um, I wanted to see the person's face as they were having the wine and tell them the story. Um, you know, often people describe a, a tasting room as the window into the winery soul. And I wanted to be part of that story and, you know, looking after guests when they come to visit. Um, and so it it wasn't a, a, a difficult transition. You know, now... Um, as the tasting room manager, I don't get to do tastings every day with guests um, because I have a team that that do that. But again, I'm working with people. I'm helping them to connect with their guests and tell the various stories. And then uh, the second part of my portfolio is the wine club manager. And there I do get to spend time with my own guests and show them beautiful wines, beautiful food that can go, go with the wines um, and just sort of enjoy 
being part of somebody's journey into learning about the winery, the property, the history around it. Well, that sounds quite comprehensive, Lizzie, and it sounds like a full life. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about Rickety Bridge Wines. So uh, Rickety Bridge has got a very long history. Um, So we were founded in 1797 when the widower Paulina de Villiers inherited the land uh, because her husband passed on. And um, she was the first female land farm owner in Franschhoek, but not the first in the Western Cape. And uh, she was more a farmer. So she, she tamed the land as such. And at that stage, it, 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 it was a much larger parcel of, of land. Um, and as the years moved on and, you know, the century moved on, um, the farm got divided. And eventually in the 1980s, um, a family called the McNaught family bought Rickety Bridge. And um, to get over the bridge, it was a sleeper, um, a sleeper a bridge, that, you know, those wooden, wooden sleepers. Um, it was one of those. So it was incredibly rickety, whether you were walking over or driving over. Um, so they then um, sold on to two different people. And then finally in uh, 2000, our current owner, Duncan Spence, purchased the farm. And the first thing that he did was to fix that rickety bridge so that it was no longer rickety. <laughs> so it's not but as we kept the name. it was, I believe so. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a it's a we all joke with the guests if they drink too much wine they might get rickety, mm-hmm. um, but it's a nice little it's a nice little story. Um, one of the things I'm very proud of is that um, we have a lot of heritage on the estate. So we have um, a very old manor house that was built in the early part of the 1800s, um, and we, we even have a slave bowl. Um, so there's a lot of um, history that comes from 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 our farm. Um, as well, it tells you a lot of the history of Franschhoek as a little valley because Franschhoek was um, settled by the French Huguenots. So even though there are um, amazing um, Cape Dutch style architecture, it's got almost um, a French Huguenot influence to it. So our gables aren't as um, ornate as uh, some of the sort of typical Cape Dutch style um, gables. The the farm is, um, it's about... Um, 70 hectares large, but only 15 hectares are under vine. Um, and so we do sometimes source in some of our grapes. But when we are using grapes from outside of our farm, our cellar master, Donovan Ackerman, he he will constantly vin- visit those vineyards to mes- make sure that they're being looked after in the correct way as if they were on our parcel of land. So um, we harvest about 300 tonnes of grapes per year and we produce about 450,000 bottles to 500,000 bottles. And um, we export about uh, 60%, consume about 40% in South Africa. And we also have an incredibly large portfolio of wine. Um, So we make 27 different wines. So I like to describe us as an incredibly diverse wine farm in the selection, we have something for every guest's palate. That is quite impressive, Lizzie. I had no idea. And it is quite a feat to produce so many different kinds of wines. And I also noticed and and see from the communications that uh, there's quite a bit of focus on community projects. Yes, very much. Um, You know, 
Tourism is a, a, a great thing for our little valley, but we still have communities that need um, that need a little bit of upliftment. Um, you know, we're, we're still fighting the, the ravages of the past. Um, so I think where we can support small businesses, local community-based businesses, um, we're then actually giving back to the community that provides us with a lot of our staffing um, and, uh, you know, our workforce. So, Lizzie, we have a few minutes left. Is there anything really exciting, anything burning you'd like to share with us about Rickety Bridge? I think the, the the message I'd like to get across is that we we have so much on offer, and like the the Limpopo province, there's so much to do. Um, guests should consider not just visiting once, but many times. And um, we have a heritage um, day coming up on the 24th of September, where we will have special bride food and we'll have lots of stalls and um, it will just be a nice uh, a nice place for people to come um, and enjoy our South African heritage. Well we're certainly looking forward Lizzie and it was wonderful to visit you and definitely a place that one can go back to many times. Lizzie it's been great chatting to you thank you so much for joining us on Jet Set with Janet today and we look forward to visiting you again soon. Great. Thank you for having me, Janet, and I look forward to seeing you at Rickety.